0: Good morning. For those of you who don't know my name, I'm Megan Hoth, and this year's trip was really cool. Um, even though like, we had a lot of challenging times, um, I think God was teaching us lessons, even through all the small things. Over everything, there was really one thing that stuck out to me, though, and it happened the very last day that we were there. Friday evening, we visited an orphanage. I thought it was pretty cool. It was kind of a westerny type of place, and it had goats and a cow, and I think the kids were having a lot of fun with that. But um, at first, I was just messing around with some of the little boys who were playing soccer, and they were all having a great time, and so was I. But after a while, I looked over, and there was this little boy, and he probably wasn't older than three. Um, He was sitting alone at a picnic table, and uh, he was off to the side, and his head was down in his folded arms. I think there's a picture up there actually, yeah. Um, but every other child at this orphanage was like messing around and having a great time and this little boy was not. He was over really sad and I really wasn't about to let that kid like, not have fun. So I went over to him and I sat down and I tried to ask him his name and how old he was, which is about the only thing I can say in Spanish that they can probably understand. Um, but he wouldn't say anything and he wouldn't even look up at me. I started rubbing his back, trying to let him know that I was nice and wanted to talk to him, and I could tell that at first he didn't even like me doing that. But I kept going, and I bet I rubbed his back for probably a half an hour without him doing anything. After a while, though, he stood up and walked away over to a raised flower bed, which had like, just sand in it. Um, I watched him, and he was digging in the dirt while everyone else around him was still playing and having fun. At this point, I was still I was still thinking, "What are you doing?" Like everyone else is having so much fun, I don't know why he was just sitting alone. But I didn't want to give up on him, so I walked over and I took a little empty plastic cup with me, and I started digging with the cup beside him. And the kid got a little bolder, and he actually came up to me and snatched it away from me, and started digging with it himself. It's kind of funny, but um, he still continued to sit there. Um, for probably another ten minutes and he still wasn't talking to me and then once again he got up and ran over to the playground I was getting really frustrated because I still had no idea why this kid wouldn't talk to me or play with me or why he wouldn't play with anyone else Um, I was about ready to give up but I didn't and I gave it one last try since we had to leave pretty soon I walked over to where he was, he was digging with that same cup over by the swing set and tried again to ask him his name and how old he was. Again, he didn't answer, but he started, when he started to walk away this time, he tripped over his own feet and fell down. And then he laughed at himself. And that kind of broke the ice, I guess, because he smiled at me and didn't run away from me this time. Um, And we had to leave, basically, right when that happened. So that was really frustrating. But I never knew his name or how old he was or even what his story was before he came to the orphanage, but I still felt really close to him. He did end up waving goodbye to me and smiling at me over, like, after over an hour of effort. And I think a lot of people would walk away from something like that and feel like they failed and didn't do anything. But the only thing running through my mind was, how much more could I have done if I had had a half an hour more, an hour more, even longer um, I'm really glad I had the opportunity to spend that time with him and so he didn't have to sit alone with no one else to be played with And another thing that really came to my mind when we were on our way back was how many children just like that little boy do we have here around us in our own town I think it's funny sometimes like how it takes going to a different country to learn something like that a simple lesson like that I don't many of you may know, I don't know, but I've been working at Camp Sela over in Reading, Michigan for the last 5 weeks. And I've interacted and spent time with so many young people, just like that little boy. The biggest thing that I think I took away from the trip was learning that that I have a huge missions field right here in Michigan and that I don't have to go to a different country to tell people about my faith and how amazing it is. The young people I've spent my last weeks with, it's just as important to seek them out and learn their stories as it is to do in a different country. And people have been telling me that my whole life and that there's just as many opportunities here. But I guess it just took God smacking me in the face down in Mexico because I think I finally learned that. And I think I did a lot better job at Camp Cielo once I got back. And I hope that I can maintain that quality for the rest of my life. And not a day has gone by since we got back that I haven't thought about the little boy. And I hope that we're reunited next year. I hope we can go to the same place so I can maybe put a name to his face. But um, thank you so much for supporting our team and me, because we all learned a lot this year. And I'd like to leave you with the verse that was running through my mind that day, which is Matthew 18, 1 to 5. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one child in my name welcomes me.
1: My name is Mark Ward. Uh, this is kind of new to me, stand up here talking. So um, I'll do my best. But um, I wanted to say something about Kevin's um, almost traumatic injury to my neck. I was going to wear a neck brace today, but I couldn't get one in time. But, um, but no, that was that was fun. Um, I, I, I pick it, Kevin, because I was sitting in the back of a van and uh, talking to some of the young ladies about my wife and I and. And uh, All of a sudden like out of nowhere. I mean one of those like things you cannot anticipate This bump in the Tijuana roads that jarred my my melon um, pretty hard So um, I like to rag Kevin a little bit about it all week, but um, but no first of all uh, I want to thank God for the opportunity. He gave me to go on this trip Um, Before the Mexico trip I spent time Praying about the trip spent time with God praying about the trip and I asked him to um, break me On this trip where I needed broken now um, that's you know scary to do sometimes because this is often the case I didn't know exactly how God would respond so um, I definitely knew he would but was anxious to see how this trip would change me so uh, I did not expect the answer to be quite what it was little background for me, anyway, I felt that God was was doing a lot to lead me up to this trip. I mean, with with VBS, one of the background things I was gonna mention was, leading up to the trip, we had a week of VBS here at Lockwood where I got to share stories with the kids um, from the Bible about Jesus sharing himself, um, healing lepers, speaking with Samaritan woman about living water, um, washing his disciples' feet, and most importantly, the cross where he sacrificed himself for us all. you know that that helped, I think, prepare me for for this trip. That was a starting point. On the way to San Diego, Kevin passed out devotional books to the team um, that he had put together um, and prepared on pride and the effects of it. I read the introduction on the plane that was was taken and was taken back by the definitions of pride and what all can encompass that. Um, while in Mexico, my expectation was to serve people there and not necessarily be served. However, God again showed me so many examples of people serving us. I was talking first um, to Solomon um, at the uh, work site where the house was built last year. Some of the kids had went over to um, do some more painting on that house. And um, I walked over with a ladder and I I was talking to Solomon aside there and and, uh, I had mentioned to him um, that Uh, I felt that I have not always put my wife and family before um, my interests and hobbies. So, I was humbled more and more as I shared this with him. And uh, while at the orphanage on Friday, that was the last day we were there, um, there was a boy named Alex, I don't know if he's on, yeah, um, who suffered with advanced Down syndrome, and uh, I shared the same conviction that I had shared with Solomon with uh, Kevin and uh, told him that God was definitely speaking to me on this. Um, I thank God for humbling me in this area of my life and uh, appreciate truly how he used all the people and experiences on this trip to show me The need for this change in my life Um, the Lord put the following verse in my heart now this is one I had to look up so I mean but he put it in my heart it's uh, Philippians 1 6 it says being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion or on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus
2: Um, My name is Rebecca. For starters, I wanted to thank all of you guys for sending us to Mexico every year with any help you could or prayers or anything. You guys help us go every year, and we appreciate that. Um, I'm 16. This was my first time going to Mexico. But I grew up as a missionary kid, so my whole life I've lived in Latin America. So I was kind of thinking that this trip would kind of be easy and a good chance to get to know other Lockwood kids and just a chance to serve. I didn't expect God to... Teach me in the way he did through an elderly woman in a wheelchair. Um, so on Wednesday we went to the dump. There's a picture. The dump is like no place you can ever imagine. It like the it's people's trash and you're living in it basically. And everybody says that that's the day that hits everybody. That that's the hardest day. Um, so we went out to pass water and sandwiches and then we went to their houses, which was a little bit like it was close to it. And the houses were kind of made out of everything, anything they could find. And they were about the size of your bathroom or your kitchen. It fit a bed and that's about it. Um, so we're passing out water and we went to this lady's house. And Kevin and I, well, Kevin played for a while, I translated. And after she and I got talking... And she told me about how she gave everything up because her mom didn't want to be alone in these places. And um, and how every, like, Saturday, there was a church in the middle of the dump, and how every Saturday and Sunday the pastor would come, wheel her to the church, and she was talking about how grateful she is about for that pastor. She was put in a really bad situation, but she was still looking for the glory of God in there. Um... This really got to me because, and everybody's going to have bad problems. Everybody's going to have problems. Nobody has a perfect life. It's part of sin nature. But if we can find God in those problems and let it bring us closer to him, it's up to us. Either we can let it be bad or let it do. Um, I picked two verses. James 1, 2, and 3, consider pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith um, produces perseverance, and Romans 3, 5, 3, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Thank you.